Hello, and welcome to the Signpost Inn podcast, a space at life's crossroads to connect with God and find direction. Pour yourself a drink, grab a seat, and join us on the back porch for a friendly conversation about Christian prayer, spirituality, and faithful theology. My name's Matt. And I'm Brandon, and we're really glad you're here. The Signpost Inn podcast is brought to you by the Signpost Inn ministry, where we offer spiritual direction, retreats and sabbatical residencies, and lots of resources and training. You can find out more about what we do and support us by visiting signpostin.org. In this episode, my wife, Leave and I talk about an important part of Signpost In. We call it the incarnate grace of hospitality. But before we jump into that discussion, we need your help. Please help us meet our financial goals by becoming a supporter. We currently really need regular monthly supporters, but please also consider a one-time gift this coming November on Giving Tuesday or as an end-of-year gift. As a 501c3 charity, we cannot continue to do what we do without support from people like you who truly believe in the power of slowing down, listening to each other, knowing, and being known. Donating is quick and easy at signpostin.org donate. And now, here's the show. Leave the reason we wanted to do this podcast is because we wanted to talk about hospitality. And I think you're the best person to talk to about this because as we were talking about this before we started recording, you said that most of the stuff that came out, that became Signpost In came about because of our walks together and our conversations. And hospitality has always been one of the big things that you have talked about and had a real passion about. Mm -hmm. So I think it was actually you that came up with the phrase that hospitality is incarnate grace. What do you, how would you describe that? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that where you have to start is to look at what uh, what grace means. The Sunday school acronym that we learned uh, when I was a kid was that grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. It uh, It's definitely a Sunday school thing. I mean, you put it up on the board and it's G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. But it really gets to the heart of what we're talking about when we throw the word grace around. Grace is a real and specific gift. It is the, uh, the promises of Christ applied to us through his death. The Lord's promises uh, to, to all of his people applied to us through Christ's death. So uh, we aren't just talking about general kindness Uh, We're not talking about sort of turning a blind eye to people's faults. We're talking about the real riches of the Lord uh, coming to us because of the death of Christ. The real riches is is interesting. I had a sweet friend one time um, tell me that I don't have to be afraid of some of the people that I sort of admired and feared in the world because they had lots of worldly wealth and and power. Um, And this friend of mine said, you know, you have the real richness, and that is being with the Lord, uh, enjoying, you know, eternal life and, and unity with, with all believers. Um, that's the real richness. So that's, that's what I mean by grace. When I say incarnate grace, um, incarnate very basically, of course, means in the physical world. We talk about Christ being incarnate, and that means that he takes on real flesh, that he actually eats and breathes and all the things that humans do, Jesus actually does that idea of then grace, the promises of the Lord, actually being tangible. Human beings 
we're meant to encounter the world and 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 everything, uh, tangible and intangible things. We we find those things through our senses. Um, even scripture talks about you know faith comes through hearing. Hearing is is a literal physical activity. Um, so everything that happens to us, everything that we learn and experience comes to us through our senses. So there's a real basic understanding of incarnational, you know, even even incarnational theology here when we talk about um, experiencing grace in an incarnate way through hospitality. So I can tell you that, you know, I, for, I forgive you in the way that you sinned against me. I, I forgive you and I accept you. Uh, and I can say that maybe on a Sunday because, you know, we have to make it right before we go to communion or something. But but how much more if I haven't just forgiven you, but now I want you over on Sunday afternoon. Now I will look you in the eye and we'll sit down at the table together and drink some lemonade and have that awkward moment of like, so we're good now, you know, but then actually have that played out literally over a lunch table, actually accepting you in this physical space. The action of me handing you a glass of lemonade and looking in you, in, you in the eye is an incarnate moment of acceptance. And there is, there's faith there, right? Faith takes the glass of lemonade and says, thank you. And what's understood is, oh, you meant it when you forgave me. Um, everything actually is okay. So that's, that's what I mean by, by incarnate grace. It's not just words. It is experiencing um, the the promises that are being given to us by by God, which is, you know, peace with each other, peace with God, in an actual physical, incarnate way. Yeah, one of the things I hear you saying is that grace is more than forgiveness alone. I mean, yes. even in the acronym, right? Great, you know, God's riches at Christ's expense. Mm-hmm. You're saying that it's not just about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that that what I'm understanding is that's where the connection to hospitality is. Mm-hmm. In some sense, you have to experience God's character of love and acceptance before you can ask for forgiveness and have the confidence that he will forgive you based on the character that you know of him as love before you even ask for it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that Signpost in is trying to do is be the space where you kind of encounter God's love before you ever even really go towards that place of, I need forgiveness. I need this. It's more like where you meet the character of God in the presence of another person. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great way to put it. The idea that we get this taste of who the God is, who is offering us forgiveness or who the God is, who even challenges us in the scary part, you know, to repent before we really experience forgiveness. So, you know, the Lord talks about the marriage feast of the Lamb, the final gathering of all the saints, and we all get together and we're all in heaven together. And there's this this imagery of the wedding feast, you know, and wedding feasts aren't these, you know, dour affairs where we all sit there quietly and, you know, don't do anything. These are this is a big party with a lot of food and a lot of drinking and a lot of just, you know, wonderful being together and uh, uh, celebrating in the in the way that that we do best as human beings, which is music and food and drink and loud talking. And and even there, it's hard for us to grasp. Well, what does that mean? Like maybe God's wedding feast is like, you know, I don't know. It's It sounds like we can't quite understand it. So the Lord knows what he's talking about. And, and that's wonderful. It's going to be more than we could imagine. But in order to be kind to us, he did his first miracle at a wedding party. 
And he did it that way because we can't get it through our heads that he's good. We can't get it through our heads that he's abundant, that he loves to eat. You know, we're all so, uh, so scared of eating and drinking and enjoying ourselves, uh, lest, lest God be displeased or lest whatever our image of ourselves isn't exactly what we think it's supposed to be or whatever. But God, it says that he showed his glory during this first miracle. And you guys know the story of the, the wedding at Cana. Um, this is a Middle Eastern wedding with bells and it goes on for seven days and it's, you know, there's roasting animals and just all kinds of, of loud, uh, wonderful partying. And, uh, and Mary knows who Jesus is, you know, let's, let's go to, let's go to Mary first and, and find out from her, um, who this God is that, that we're supposed to have a relationship with, um, that we're welcomed into relationship with. And Mary's first thought to him is, oh my goodness, the, uh, the fun is running down and there's about to be a lot of embarrassment because the bridegroom hasn't provided enough wine for the party. This is a, this is a moment where the fun is going to slow down. So she goes to Jesus, of course, immediately, because she knows who God is. He's this amazing God of abundance. And she goes to Jesus and says, um, they don't have wine. And you know what should be done about that. Now, if God were dour and didn't love fun and even physical pleasure, the response to that would be, oh, good. I'm glad they're out of wine. Excellent. Now everyone can be silent and you know, go home or something. But she knows what his response is going to be. She goes to him and she says, they're out of wine. And his response, of course, at first is, oh, come on, it's not my time. You know, give, give me a minute here. But she knows who he is. So she goes up to the servers and says, do whatever he tells you. Because she knows that the Lord is one who's going to give more wine. He's the one who's going to create more abundance because he loves human happiness. He loves uh, the acceptance that exists at a, a wedding party where everybody is there all together. And I think that that's, you know, that's the beginning for us of understanding who is this God that we're going to be approaching? What does it mean to be at, at the wedding feast of the Lamb? It's a big party and he loves it even more than everybody else who's there. So you're absolutely right. When we welcome people to our tables, the question is, well, how, how do Christians welcome people? with more, with more love, with more acceptance, with, uh, with an, an, an open, you know, attitude at the table that says, I, I'm glad you're here and I accept you uh, just, just the way you are. Um, and that, like you said, is, is the beginning of our picture of who the God is, who then is saying, hey, let's, let's also start turning away from sin, turn to me. It's not, you know, there, there's something better um, that's here that's waiting for you in the future. So grace is, is even more than just that forgiveness of sins. Like you said, it's the promise of the wedding feast to come. Okay. But I hear somebody saying, yeah, but I don't do that. And and I also, I actually hear myself saying that, like it's, it sounds really good to say, I accept people as they are and anybody can come to my table and anybody can sit there. I mean, I, I, you know, I totally agree. Like that is the ideal, you know, I, I, I my hope is that everybody who comes into my house feels completely accepted no matter what. The reality is I don't accept people that way. To be perfectly honest, I, I find myself to be judgmental. So what's the what's the practical advice? Yeah, I think it is really important for us to know that we're not all the host all the time. Uh, to love people doesn't mean to welcome them into your house. It might also mean showing up for the party. 
And uh, I like to think of, of this one from the the perspective of the uh, the tax collector or the, the the prostitute sitting at the table with Jesus. So Jesus came in uh, and sat down at somebody's table and uh, and there were all the unacceptable people that he was eating with. And surely they were all, you know, judging each other and other people who may have been there may have been judging them too. And, you know, they, they weren't going to be the perfectly welcoming host. But that's because that's not mainly our uh, job. That's mainly the Lord's job. So we look at, at Jesus who's sitting at that table, and he's not sitting there looking around at each person and judging you know, how much they're drinking or whether they're using bad words, or he's not sitting there being, being unpleasant to these people. Not saying that he endorses sin, but that he there's a time for him to call people out and a time for him not to do that. So I think when we watch him welcoming people, we, we are reminded again that he's the one who has that perfect welcome. We don't. So you know, even if you, you know, you go to the dinner and there's some people there that you're having bad thoughts about, okay, that's fine. You're, you're not Jesus. You're, we're, we're all, you know, learning on this path of being able to, to welcome each other. And, and nobody starts from the position of being exactly like Jesus and starting out that way. We learn by watching him, by imitating him and, uh, and by, by knowing what the final goal is, which is the welcome at the wedding feast. Uh, and then baby steps toward that with patience toward ourselves and others. Yeah. And I hear that also as us saying, we don't have the answer. We're not the place you go yeah. to see this done perfectly. Right. And learn from us, incarnate grace of hospitality, so that you can transform the world. What I hear you saying is something more like, mm-hmm. we believe this is what Jesus is like. Mm-hmm. And we hope and we pray and we try to create a little bit of space in our homes and our lives where people can experience some of that. Mm-hmm. But don't look to us as being Jesus. Rather, look to yeah. us as we're, we're just kind of creating a spot where you might encounter some of that. And I, to me, that releases some pressure, right? Like yeah. I now I'm not, hey, look at Signpost In. Yeah. <laughs> We've figured it out. Yeah. Rather, it's we think we're also on a journey. Mm-hmm. And we kind of want to invite and join others on that journey. Well, yeah, absolutely. To get back to the specific practical mission of Signpost Inn, the image of the inn was very powerful because it is a stopping place. It's not It's not even a university. It's an inn. It's a moment on the road. Um, we're, we're not trying to walk all of someone's journey with them. We're not trying to, uh, you know, be there from beginning to end, but to be that moment of, of stopping over and maybe long enough to have a good long conversation to, for, you know, for a traveler to be, to be working through what their next steps might be. We don't see ourselves in any way as, um, as the answer or the, or the model because nobody's the in forever. I mean, what we're doing is, is by nature, very temporary. I actually really like that because I didn't think of this before until just now that the concept of an inn, um, we are not the destination, mm-hmm. nor are we the goal. Mm-hmm. So we are going to be imperfect. We are going to be partial. We are going to be hopefully a comfort and a hospitable place for people to experience and to see some of Jesus's rea- real face. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, we're, we're just one of the stopping over places among the probably thousands that God has in anybody's life. Um, so yeah, so come to the end because we're not perfect, but we like you. So <laughs> there you go. I like that. We're not perfect, but we like you. <laughs> and if we don't, we're going to try. Um, I do think this, I think this conversation is funny. There's a couple things that have, I've been thinking about as you've been talking. One of them is 
that I think it'd be fun to point out to people the distinction that we, you and I have made before about the difference between a pointer and a painter. Just I was as we thinking wrap about up, that too. Because we have discovered that I'm a pointer and you're a painter, right? Mm-hmm. That, that I start my sentences with my point and then mm-hmm. I explain it. Mm-hmm. You start your sentences with an image and then get to your point later. And that has caused a lot of strife in our <laughs> communication. The other thing that I was thinking is people who are listening to this that know us are going to probably laugh because if you've been in a conversation with us in person, we typically are not nearly this polite to each other. <laughs> there's more interrupting. <laughs> well, and there's more banter. Yeah. And I think that, that that is kind of fun too, because what what I think we have discovered is we're able to, despite our differences and despite the disagreements that we often have, there is something about the character of our relationship that is freely being able to be expressed or is able to be freely expressed now in this ministry because we've often joked had we met when we were teenagers we would have hated each other <laughs> yep <laughs> and there was something that matured in both of us and is still growing that allows us to accept another uh, and and by that i mean the other that is so different from us mm-hmm. that it's almost hard to like mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and i think that's there too is a kind of a fun little, in some way we, from the strife of learning to love the other that I don't always like, mm-hmm. has come a, you know what, this could actually be a place for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like it could be okay to mm-hmm. sit in a room, yep. you know, the, to go back to the metaphor, it could be okay to sit in the inn mm-hmm. where a bunch of people are having a good time. And I don't really like the guy over there, but you know what, it doesn't matter whether I like him or not. Mm-hmm. Because together we can actually have a kind of love, a kind of hospitality that is a little picture of the way Christ intended for his children to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, within the the busy in picture, there's a lot of freedom there um, when you have, oh gosh, sort of a contained strife, <laughs> right? You have kind of a, um, people bumping heads a little bit, being different from each other. Uh, and yet it's okay. And I think we've found that <laughs> Wednesday nights we have uh, people over to the house. And I think sometimes uh, so- sometimes they laugh a little bit because Brandon and I respect each other very much. Very and, much. Uh, and certainly don't mock each other in public. I think that's a really important thing with relationships. But there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of disagreement, a lot of, oh my goodness, you are so different from me. You I know, never disagree with you. Y- you always disagree with me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a lot of, you know, in that sense, sort of contained strife, but it's okay. You know, it's okay. And I've, I've, I have watched people physically take a deep breath, look at Brandon and me having a back and forth, and then Brandon and I laugh and they release their breath. Like, oh, it's okay. Like, I thought that was going to turn into a, a fight or something. But uh, it's good for people to see, and this is a topic for another podcast, but the idea of the messy family house, you know, the, the, the scrappy days that aren't perfect where you're still welcome to be around because a, a relationship, a family, you know, even the family of God is, is messy and scrappy and it's okay if there are rough edges. That's what human society and relationships uh, are going to be like. And so I think saying, you know what? No apologies. We're the in. Somebody just spilled their stew on the floor. Yep, there it is. You know, this is that, that place where there's a little bit of mayhem but still that acceptance and that safety persist within this context. Yeah. And I think that's probably a good place to wrap this one up. Mm -hmm. 
it seems to me that in keeping with trying to answer the how question, which is kind of my obsession, we can talk theory all day long and we can talk about the incarnate grace of hospitality a lot and talk unpack the idea. But at the end of the day, what we really mean is it's something that you have to experience. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily something that you talk about, you understand, and then it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. It's something that you enter into physically, into a presence of a group of people, you experience it, and from that experience grows some faith that God might actually even be better. Yep. Yeah, well, thanks. It was good to talk to you. I, I think we're going to have some fun conversations in the future, even as we get more comfortable. But yeah. uh, until next time, may the grace of Christ go with you wherever the road takes you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit us at signpostend.org. While you're there, sign up for our e-newsletter and we'll send you a free e-book. Also, a big thanks to all of our supporters. Signpost N is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry, and we exist only because of our generous donors who make everything we do possible. Please consider supporting us with your recurring donation. Visit signpostn.org slash donate.